Max RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Max! Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Thank you for joining us for Season 20, Episode 13 of Happy Tech RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I'm Jim. Yes. I'm Storm. And... It's the unluckiest episode of season 20. Why is that? Why do you say that? Because it is. Because it's 13. It's Friday. Oh, it's 13. it is Friday. And I'm Jason. I should have worn my goalie mask. You have one? Yes. I guess, I guess yes, yeah. Yes, actually I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. This episode of Happy Tricks Energy Podcast is sponsored by Palladium Books. <laughs> you can find them at palladiumbooks.com. They're awesome sauce. They do stuff. In this episode... Steve from SoCal writes in about red herrings. Axel writes in with his take on flashbacks. And Luis suggests a quick time travel solution. That was for an email from a few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, if you would like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. Turn my mic up a little bit. Yeah, you're important. You should, it should be loud. I should be at 11. Uh, and we need emails, so it's a good time to write emails. Write emails. Uh, Holidays come up because you got nothing better to do. That's right. Uh, <laughs> we're on the tweeters, Happy Jacks RPG, all one word, and also on Instagram. And you can also search for us on Facebook. We have a Facebook group, and we also have a Facebook page. Like it. Yes. Like it. That Facebook page is just really overworked, serving beers and drinks to the rest of the party. That never mind. <laughs> what? Facebook page. It's a page. page. Oh. oh, got it. Thank you, Stork. That was good. Thanks for being here. If you'd like to watch the show live, <laughs> God knows why, you can, you can go to happyjacks.org slash live. We stream on Friday nights at 8 p.m. Pacific time. Like clockwork. Sometimes. Perfect. Even a broken clock <laughs> is right. We, we are professional grade. Not really. Yes. <laughs> F. That is our professional grade. <laughs> no, no, no. We are at least a C minus. A C minus. But an earned C minus. Like right. when I took Roman history in college. Right. I got a C, but I earned you that. Worked I worked it. for that yes. C. <laughs> As I said before, this episode of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast is sponsored by Palladium Books at palladiumbooks.com. Palladium is the publisher of the Palladium Fantasy RPG Heroes Unlimited, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Robotech Rifts, Dead Rain, Splicers, and much more. And the best part is they all use the same game system. Yeah. So if you decide you want zombies in your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game, you got them. Yeah. You want a zombie apocalypse in your superhero game, you got it. Whatever you want, you can do it. Yeah. It all intermixes and, and fits together. Yeah. I want Teenage Mutant Ninja Zombie Turtles. That was I was just thinking. Like, I think you can do that too. The, like Leonardo shows up in our Dead Rain game. That would be fabulous. That would be fantastic. Although I think my character would be confused and probably kill him. Or try. Yes. Well, if he was a zombie, you would... Would all try. I, I think a giant turtle walking it would still be. It's a ninja turtle. Even too. if it a, a six foot tall turtle mm-hmm. armed with, yeah. Yeah, I'd probably just assume. Yeah, which one was Leonardo? Megan, no, Megan, ass. Walking you know. zombie. And I know. I do. He was the most dangerous of them. Because mm-hmm. he had the two of them. Yeah, he had two katanas. Didn't yeah. He? yeah, yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. I don't know enough he was about. He's like the nerdy one, though. Ninja turtles. Yeah. I He's said the teenage mutant <laughs> 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 The French like you know. Mm-hmm. Teenage mutant <laughs> 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 Uh 
But, but I went on Drive Through RPG well, and I counted more than 400 titles. Yeah. Including Rifters Magazine, which is their magazine that supports the Rifts RPG, mm-hmm. which is nice because it's nice when games support their, yeah. their stuff with periodicals. I love periodicals. Do a zine! Do a zine! <laughs> and I'm on steroids tonight! Woohoo! <laughs> So check them out at Palladium Books. All the new Books. people are like, what? what? <laughs> yeah, some steroids again. Do the thing. We're a scene. So you check them out at palladiumbooks.com. P-A-L-L-A-D-I-U-M books.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. And we thank them for their support. And if you want to support the show, support the sponsors. Thank you very much. And thank you to Palladium Books. I like that they're a sponsor. I remember, I think, and maybe you do too, Stu, when you were in your, you know, back of the 80s and stuff. They were one of the first games. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and oh, they're yeah. still around, which is amazing to me. Because yeah. a lot of games have just fallen by the wayside. A lot, of, a lot of companies have fallen by the wayside. Yeah. And Palladium is still around. That speaks to the quality of their. their I games. I played Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles way back in the day. We were. Hey. I played Dead Brain last week. That's right. Uh, th- when I, t- I think I mentioned this before. When I went to Gen Con, they had a, their their booth there. They have rows and rows of bookshelves. Yeah. I don't even know if they have all their titles. I don't even know if all their titles are in print. It's amazing, yeah. But I'm like, oh my god, they've published so much. Well, did you, when you yeah. say Palladium, you're like, oh yeah, it was like, yeah, I know Palladium. They've been around forever. Yep, yep. So thank you for sponsoring the show. Okay. And if nothing else, you can power a suit of armor with them. You know, yeah. right, right, yeah. Thank That's you right, for right, so like, thanks. much That's stuff right. to go with your games. <laughs> So cool. Um, we got a game convention coming up in February. Yep. February. That's the Valentine's Con, right? Yeah. That's the one where we. Valicon. Yeah. It's, it's after. It's after Valentine's Day, right? It's after Valentine's Day. It's President's Day weekend. Sixteenth, seventeenth, eighteenth, nineteenth. Sounds right. It's been before. Around the seventeenth. I bought gifts there for the wife for Valentine's Day. It has so occasionally fallen on Valentine's Day, yeah. but yes. not this year. It's yes. usually right after Valentine's Day. It's usually in the, the 15th to the 18th range. Yes. Yeah. And I don't have a calendar. We should get a calendar for the show. Wouldn't that be nice? Like a calendar that oh we can look God. at the show and say, hey, look. There's stuff. Do they make? Do they sell those calendars? Oh, it's in PDF form? <laughs> we have like four Google calendars. Like we can make. No, but uh, there's something I can look at and say, oh, it's these dates. Like we could just put it on like like a piece of like your phone. Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> I'm just curious what the dates are. We'll, we'll add it to the Happy Jack calendar, and then way, that way it'll be showing up. On Jib, Jib's got a thousand dollar microcomputer. He's going to look up the calendar. Uh, it's 15, right now. 16, 17, 18. So I was close. In March. I was close. That's not. That was March. I was looking at it's well, but the days are the same. February. February. 15, 16, 17, 18. 15, 16, 17, 18th at the uh, Anaheim. Or actually, 16, 17, 18, no, 19. Anaheim. Wow, that's a that's long so time wrong. ago for strategic con conventions. Wow, they were. <laughs> you were on, you were on that was wishful Francine. thinking. They that was to, wishful thinking used to on be, your part. They used to be at the Anaheim Sheridan. Yeah. Uh-huh. The, you, when I was a kid, used to get my parents <laughs> dropped me off, and I spent two days at the game convention. Right. Two days, <laughs> and I didn't get a hotel room because I was cheap. Well, I, couldn't afford, I couldn't first afford the $12 that everyone pitched in because yeah. there were like nine people in the room. Yeah. First con that I went to, I didn't get a hotel room. It was just crash space wherever I could find. I went the I went to that same convention later on. I won't say how old I was. And that was the first time I got blacked out drunk. Because <laughs> someone was pouring me uh, tequila sunrises. Bill? No. It was long before I met Bill. And... Uh, 
And I did not realize this, but the glass is like vodka or, or tequila, orange juice. No, that's vodka. And grenadine. That, those are screwdrivers. Yep. No, no, it was it was tequila. It was tequila. And I got hammered. <laughs> it's that grenadine. So I know that you have games in. And you know who poured those drinks? Who? Um, uh, what's Eric her name? Aldridge? No, no, it wasn't Eric. Eric was in the room. Uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, she works at the counter. Uh, Tr- Tracy? I don't know. At, at Strategicon. What are you asking me about? She was the one. She's like, oh, you want one? Sure. Orange juice. There you go. <laughs> and I wasn't watching. And it's Congo. funny because you only drop these little nuggets now. I had no idea you knew all those people. I know oh, you yeah. Eric, but I knew it's like yeah, we all went so to high school. You show together. up at con, you're like, oh yeah, these are my people. I know all these people. We went. To, we all went to high school together. So weird. Yeah. Is I think Tracy was a year behind us. She's like a year younger but than me. I know that you have games in. Yeah, I have two games. In. I don't. I forgot what I put in though. I They'll tell you. Before. I have games in. Right. Kurt has games in. What right. are you running? Uh, I actually got my idea today, Did so you? I'm super excited because I went to the movies today. I'm not going to tell you what I saw because then I'll tell you what the idea is. So probably Wild Towns, but I'm try- I might do another system. But we, I, I might do like a Power by the Apocalypse thing. I don't know. Cool. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I literally just got the idea today. So I'm going to run Masks mm-hmm. on Friday, oh, nice. and on Saturday I am running The Sprawl Touched. Because um, that is the shadow run setting <coughs> for the sprawl. Nice. So, cool. PBTA shadow run. I have, I have, I'm uh, Adventures in Arkendale. It's at 9 a.m. on Saturday. And that's in Moment of Truth for Kids, which I've almost finished writing. Uh, you still have a couple of months. Yeah. It's okay. A couple. And, um, and you can fake it. They're not going to know. They're kids. Well, it, it's a scaled down version of Moment of Truth. Um, and uh, that's a fantasy game. And then, what was the other one? Oh, I'm, I'm running Mongoose Traveler, second edition, Ashes of Exodus. That's great. You sound so surprised. So there you go. I've got See, I would love to play that, but we're opposite each other. Oh. Again, as always. Uh, yeah, we are. You're doing the sprawl. Yeah. Touched. Yep. She had to run. And I have it on good authority that Gina is running games at FortCon. That oh, good. is awesome. Excellent. Love that. That's awesome. Are you going to do character gen for Mongoose? Probably not. We actually did a character Jim Mongoose thing and ran a short adventure, and people loved it. Really? They, I, I know. I was shocked too. I'm like, but people, you know, you, you love that journey of creating a character in right. Travelers. Maybe I'll start. No, we the should character stream gen. it. You should get a couple of us. We'll stream the character gen. Oh yeah, and I could then do that. Yeah, they come and sign up and play the game later. I'd be there for that. Or just limit them to one term. We tried that and then, oh, and we thought it would be good. Dave and I didn't. We thought it'd be a good idea, and it really wasn't. It wasn't. Oh really? It it. It's kind of distracting because they don't have full ownership. I mean, when they start from beginning to end, you get to see. No, no, I'm thinking under. have them roll up their right, characters right. and just just limit them to like one or yeah, two terms and say, okay, you can't. Yeah, that's what we did. That's what we did. We did. How like long three did that take? I think we did three terms. It took like an hour. Oh, that's not bad. Okay, really maybe, maybe I will do that. Hour, maybe hour and a half, and then we had like an hour and a half adventure, and it was just a quick thing. Okay, and it was enough, and people loved it. Okay, maybe maybe we'll do that. So yeah, so see you there. If you're going to go to that, be there. Red herrings from Steve and SoCal. They make the best sushi. Red. I love uh, mackerel. Is my favorite sushi. It is the fishiest of fish. I was listening to something today. I guess the working class sushi that that the Nagari sushi came from it was mostly just mackerel, and it sort of had, lucky peasants. And it, had, and it was sort of vinegary and stuff. It's sort of different oh, than the sushi. I know. I love that. 
Yeah. There you go. Okay. Was it elusive? You can get mackerel. It's really easy to get mackerel. Mackerel's good. Yeah. Raw, it's fantastic. I don't know. Like, I've never had like it cooked. Very oily. Yes, yeah. that's why I like it. Often yeah. pickled. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's it. Boy, that, that pickled herring. Yeah. From, Did from you eat all those? Of course. You're just <laughs> into us. We are actually an RPG team. <laughs> <laughs> we will get to that ta- to that at some point. Yes. But then we'll get distracted again. <laughs> Red herrings from Stephen Sokal, <laughs> illustrious Lord of Dushington, Lords of Dushington. I was recently considered, and ladies of Dushington, I was recently considered uh, where to draw the line between lying, misleading, withholding, and over-explaining things to players in an attempt to create an engaging and mysterious game. It sounds like an evening with my wife. (laughs) To elaborate, it does. To elaborate. (laughs) (laughs) Well played. I'm on. I'm on steroids. I'm quick tonight. Yeah. Uh, To elaborate, I struggle a, a bit with how to lay out a scene with some amount of mystery or intrigue without giving away giving it away too easily but also without frustrating the players later when they seemingly had no idea that anything was amiss examples I'll use are as follows in my current L5R game there was an NPC scorpion who came across as an obese courtier uh, but who was in fact a skilled bushi in an elaborate fat suit well that's awesome uh, when it came time for him to reveal his true skill, I had a lingering feeling that some of the players could have been resentful that that they had never picked up on that. I don't think I ever outright lied, but at the same time, every time I described him, I made sure to mention his weight and occasionally offered subtle hints that something about was off about him. Hmm. Similarly, in the same game, there was a lot. There was a set of twins that would often be seen wildly di- would often that would often be seen wildly different in wildly different There's locations missing, yes. uh, at nearly the same time neither of these was a critical plot point to the campaign but I worried about portraying them well another example is from one of Stu's recent Blood Blade and Tusk sessions uh, with the encounter with the mayor spoilers ahead for those who haven't listened to session 2 when Stu mentioned that one of the attackers was a guard I paused for a moment, and I hoped that this uh, would be a red herring, and that it was, in fact, one of the mayor's guards running towards him to aid instead of attack. No one in the session seemed to interpret it that way, which is fine, but it would have been another layer of intrigue if a player had attacked the guard, thinking they were helping the mayor, but in fact were getting in his way instead. Uh, When you're trying to introduce something amiss, how do you do it subtly, but also enough but also with enough warning that the players don't feel lied to, and also without setting them off on too many wild goose chases, tracking down bears in the woods while Nazis escape in their zeppelins <laughs> comes to mind. Mm. <laughs> never going to live that one down. Nope. Because that would never happen in a game. No. 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 But we shot the shit out of that bear. You shot the shit out of that And you know what? It was the first Savage Worlds combat we ever had. That was the deadest bear in Deadonia. It was skidded in front of us. It was awesome. That was the deadest bear in Deadonia. First time we rolled Savage Worlds damage. Explosive dice and everything. Yeah! (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Uh, If things are on on the up and up, I'm likely to say the town guard approaches you, whereas simply phrasing the encounter as an armed man approaches you, looking you up and down has a completely different context. Maybe the player has every reason to believe that this is a town guard, despite the fact that it's actually a doppelganger. 
but if you don't telegraph it too much, they're going to get suspicious uh, where their character has no reason to be. Also, when it comes to perception and sense motive checks, what are your thoughts on telling the players that something seems odd, even when they fail the role and just giving additional details when they succeed? This seems like a potential solution for the problem I just made up. Uh, so <laughs> at least uh, they are warned that something is off. Then when the guard turns out to be fake, they're not surprised. Or maybe the guard is just a guard. But the sense of foreboding was set off by the shadow of the dragon flying overhead. Thanks for your hundreds of hours of entertainment, Steve and SoCal. The Grimace on the forum. Okay. I have thoughts. Go. Um, well, the first thing I would suggest is try not to say something is something. It's not, you never, I would not describe some them as being, you see a guard walking towards you. This is a guard walking towards you. Right. right. You see a man in a guard uniform walking towards you. Mm-hmm. Now, whether he is a guard or not, it's up to them to decide what they think. Right. Now, if he has some credential, you know, that indicates that he is in fact an FBI agent. Mm-hmm. You can you know, take that as as you know more reliable or not as you see fit. But if you, when it's really a guard, if you say you see a guard walking towards you, when the minute you change how you phrase that, <coughs> you're going to tip them off that mm-hmm. something's up. Yeah. And ideally, I think you want them wondering. Mm-hmm. Whether something whether something is real or not, and then if they choose to inspect more closely, you put dice on the table, and depending on the outcome of those dice, you decide whether what you tell what you the additional details that you give them are real or misleading. Um, you never outright lie to a player, but you can you can give them misleading information. You can give them information and let like them the draw their own conclusions. GMs, you're like, I'm not going to lie to you, but I'm not going to tell um, you the truth. <laughs> uh, it's if you let them draw their own conclusions, they will more often than not go to a more interesting place. Oh yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Than if you if you tell them, you know, this is the guard. Right. Um, Describe what they see. Describe what they see. Right. Don't draw conclusions for them. Right. Mm-hmm. When you read a book, oftentimes they say things like the, the guard doesn't show up, but uh, armed men wearing badges show up. It's it's always it's usually pretty good at describing things, and I think that's something that GMs need to learn. It's a very good point, which is not to say what is, but say what they see. Right. So no, let don't them tell. decide right. what is. One of the. Um, GM principles in Bad Streets is describe, don't identify. That's a really good accent. I like that. And what is Bad Streets? Uh, Bad Streets is a Powered by the Apocalypse game of gritty set in um, street crime drama set <coughs> as a 1970s TV show. Starsky and Hutch. Starsky and Hutch, Toma, Beretta. Hill Street Blues. Hill Street Blues right would be back. a good example. Um Policewoman, Mod Squad, mm-hmm. um, good examples. Um, Policewoman, that was a good show. Yeah, um, I am. My my month of November is finishing the book. Nice. Um, the goal is to have the book written by the end of November, um, and then to 
depending on how things go, Kickstarter early next year. I played it at a con years ago, and I have to say, I think back on that episode a lot. The way the way it fell together, the group, the table that we had had a was really, really good table for that really game. Really in on it, and they everybody gave everybody room to shine, mm-hmm. and, and then and then the moment the beats, and you had this flashback mechanic. Mm-hmm. I thought that was fun. Yeah. It's it started out as a uh, the obje- original objective was to learn how to write an apocalypse world hack. That's mm-hmm. what I wanted to do. Um, along the way, I f- I think what I've been creating is interesting enough and good enough that I think it merits completing. Cool. Excellent. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm right now looking for an uh, editor proofreader for Moment of Truth because I'm going to get one, mm-hmm. give them a delivery date because i got to get that yeah. freaking thing birthed. The, uh, that's kind of where I am. Um, and that's what the purpose of the Kickstarter would be, would be to pay for my editor and for art mm-hmm. and for layout. And I've I've got an artist that I really like his stuff, and he's who I would like to use if I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's probably going to be pretty expensive. But I haven't even talked to him about it yet. Right, I'm um, too busy. And he's probably pretty busy because he's good. I'm sorry, I can't. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll get. I'll find somebody else then. Man. Thank you, though. I still can. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think this is also a great opportunity going back to the actual topic of our show. Oh, right. Um, what was that? I did ask about the game, so yeah. I'm happy that we would... I, I love when we plug our stuff, but um, I think this is also a really great opportunity to use Slack or Notes or something, because if someone, like, is looking really, like, closely, or, like, for, for the, the character who's wearing the suit, what if they happen to walk in while they were changing clothes, that person might see something, even if it was, like, really close. Right. L5R is a bad example, because you'd never walk into someone's room while they were naked or whatever. Right. But, like, there might be opportunities to, like, slip little bits of information to certain players to get them to ask more questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you have to be careful a little bit when it's another PC, because you don't necessarily want to, like, force them to show their hand if it's something that they're... You know, wanting to keep from the other players—that's totally valid, and that's something that's okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, having those notes pass back and forth too. So some people might figure it out, but not everybody. You don't just say it out in front of everyone, mm-hmm. which I think is really important. Yeah, I think it's important to try to keep the mystery alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and like when you hit that moment of reveal later on, the perfect—the perfect scenario is you you do the reveal. And then you watch all of the players as they roll back in their minds over everything you told them <laughs> and go, yes. oh, my God, it was all right there in front of us. Right. And we didn't see it. Yeah. And, and that, but that, that's so rare. It's, it's rare. <laughs> yeah. It's rare. And it's hard. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I can count on one hand the times that that's... That, yeah, me too. That happens, yeah. Yeah, me too. I, well, here's I can thing. count on one fingerless hand. But is it... Wrong to to telegraph everything and just let them know ahead of time that guy's the bad nope. guy. No, it's not wrong. No, it's, it's not. Wrong. I think it depends on the situation. Okay, if, if you're like if you're in an L five R game and you're in Winter Court or something like that, where if you draw a sword, there's going to be a big shitstorm, and they can fu- suddenly one of the player characters notices something about the 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 guy who's supposed to be a courtier, but he's actually. You know, maybe they they see something like that. His fat suit is shifting in some weird way, and you're like. This guy's wearing something underneath his kimono that mm-hmm. is not his body, or something like that. You could let let give them that kind of clue. It's like, huh? So, but you but it, it, that puts them in a position where they know something, but they're not in any in a position where they can act on it. 
necessarily. But it allows them the opportunity to orchestrate maybe a scenario where they can have a reveal yeah. right. of this of of this or or someone to take him down because I mean we all know that Darth Vader was the villain. Sure. Right? And it's it, it there was no mystery and and it didn't Take away from my enjoyment of the fact that that right. movie, you know, that, but, the, but, but also but you can't take him down. Star Wars is so a, Star Wars isn't a mystery. Yeah. Well, but but, well, but you could easily have a samurai show up in black armor who you know who is obviously the baddest ass in town, and there's no way that you can take him on at that time by yourself. Sure, you right. would need to orchestrate stuff later on. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's still rampaging and coming up with machinations until you get to the point where you can take him down. I'm, which is just, I think that's that, I think that's the the, the most. Give me one second. Yeah. That I think that that is, for me, the most enjoyable thing is when the player characters know something, mm-hmm. but they don't have enough proof mm-hmm. to be able to act on it, and or they're don't not have in the a, ability, and they're not in a situation where they can yeah, act on it. Because right. that, that that the frustration of I know that's the bad guy. Right, I right. know that's the bad. And guy. adding into that, being in a situation where they cannot resort to weapons. Right. Right, but going back to your Star Wars example too is, I mean, there's a lot that they had to figure out. Like it was like yes, Darth Vader's the bad guy, but then finding out who Darth Vader was, finding out that Darth Vader wasn't working alone, working you know all these. But that things. didn't matter. You you knew it did matter. It mattered he, a great that he deal. crushed people's throats just with a thought and 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 had his sorcerer's ways, and, and we didn't care that he was Anakin. But they in fact, didn't. We didn't even know. Right. Well, they the the the, the rebels didn't really know that at the no. beginning. Like the other people did, but because remember like. A lot of people still didn't believe in the Force at the beginning of the movies. No, that's so it was kind of the slow reveal as as Luke is discovering the Force, you discover it with him, and eventually you see the full power of it by the end of the trilogy. So there, there's definitely like if that were an RPG, there's not just like oh here's the bad guy. Like it's not a matter of them just not being powerful enough. They also had to figure out everything that went along with how to take him down and eventually figuring out that he wasn't even the big bad. He wasn't even the boss. Well, that's... And, and that's kind of where I was going with that. Yeah. I mean, it's... You know, Darth Vader walks into walks onto a ship mm-hmm. and it's, you know, there's firefights and everything and, I, he's, and he's surviving it all but, and, and eventually you take him down and then there's somebody else that was pulling his strings. And that's kind all, of the way these things work. Okay. We all knew... <laughs> but we all knew that from, the, from early on in sure. episode four because there, you know... The, there's always the emperor back there. He's a, that shadowy figure that we we haven't seen, but he's back there. Well, and there's, it's an empire, of course. Right, it's an, an empire. empire. Assuming right. Vader is working for the empire, he know he's working for the emperor. Right. Well, and he's taking. And in the first movie, he takes orders from right. the, the the officers there. So he's not even the most powerful person on that particular ship. It, at the oh, beginning. from Tarkin. Yeah. Well, there's a, in the novels. There's all kinds of political struggles between. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. If, you, if you really want to think. of about this, Star Wars is really L five R in space. Yeah, the Jedi are samurai, and Cut, yeah, yeah, I, and even their armor and their fighting styles and all that. But, but okay, all that aside, there's the political machinations. There's the, the stuff, and pretty much. Well, yeah, they are. They're if kind of, kind shows of, a, up kind of a warrior court, cast. The, if, if the well, they are. They're, they're a monastic warrior cast. I don't know that I would label them samurai. Well, but they're space samurai. I might be being too specific. They're but space samurai. <laughs> but but if the if the dark samurai shows up in court representing the emperor and he's you know the emperor's executioner and and his helmet looks like a Japanese helmet right <laughs> you're not, you're not going to confront him or take him on it, it doesn't take away there's no mystery involved mm. who this guy is he's obviously the bad guy he's obviously here to to deal death it doesn't take away from the enjoyment for me right, so sure I guess right. my, my point being that 
you could try to make the the emperor's executioner look like Barney Fife from from Andy Griffith if That'd you wanted. Amazing. That'd be playing opposite. Well, you can go. You can go back to Wonder Woman. The, okay. Where well, <laughs> the, the spoilers if you haven't seen it, oh. skip for the next four or five minutes. The big bad guy in Wonder Woman, right? Mm-hmm. Well, is 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 the most nebbish actor on the planet, right? You're never going to think that he is the god of war. Like immediately, well, okay. Walked in because and I was the, like, the reason, the reason yeah. is because he would be the person you would last suspect, <laughs> right? Well, actually, for me, it was and because it, of the villain formula. And but quite frankly, the actor couldn't pull it off. But and, and, I never bought him yeah. as the god I'll buy of that. war. I'll buy that. But if you look at the at the, I maintain that if you look at the opening credits, you have the hero, the heroine, oh. and then the villain, <laughs> right? Oh, I never thought about that. Yeah. For me, it was like, oh, he's kind of a small character, the big name actor. Yeah, that's yeah, you, yeah. Th- that's what I was. Well, that's meta game. It's totally it's meta game. I know. <laughs> it's totally meta movie, but you. Know. But, uh, but why would they pay this like, big name actor for yeah. such a small part? <laughs> right. right. And then when he was talking oh. about being a pacifist, you're like, oh no, oh no, you're the you're the guy, you're the guy. <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're meta gaming though. I know. It's it's because you knew who was cast in the role. It's yeah. just like Ernie, yeah, yeah. It's true. Um, everyone everyone knows that Professor, that Professor Lupin is not going to take a bit part. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, there was another thought I had on here. Uh, you lost it. But that I mean that is a that is a that is a good example of misdirection. Yeah, miscasting, mm-hmm. but also misdirection mm-hmm. because right. you have a character who does not have the traits, just like your 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 big fat right. your big fat courtier now, who's actually a skilled bushi. Right. One thing you could do on that though, because he's wearing this elaborate fat suit. But does it extend above his neck? Right. Because mm. if he's got this, you know, fat ponderous body, but is he, you know, does he have a, a, a how many a, chins does a he narrow, have? <laughs> you know, angular face? Right. Because those are things that disconnect, sure. and you can include that in your description, and then it's really kind of up to the players whether they catch that or not. Mm-hmm. Sure. I would have just loved to have the, the bushy be a big fat guy anyway, like you know, kung fu panda kind of thing. But just a total badass. Or but just, he's just yeah, yeah. He's which just, would which would be yeah, awesome. Be like kung fu panda, or just I mean, drunken or master, where it's like you completely <laughs> underestimate the fact that he really does know his shit. Yeah, I don't know that. Right, I'll kick your In fact, ass. I might <laughs> I might steal that idea now that I'm there you go. About it. So it's a beautiful idea. Um, one other point. In his last paragraph, he's talking about um, doing die rolls, and if they fail, uh, just giving giving them the information anyway, and then giving them additional details um, if they succeed. Um, why make them roll a die to begin with? Yeah, if you're, if you're going to give them the information anyway, why make them roll a die? But if you're going to make them roll a die, if they fail, give them misinformation. Give them mm-hmm. things that lead them to erroneous conclusions. Don't give them the conclusion. The problem with that, are you making? Are, is the GM making perception rolls? I'm. I, I usually yeah. don't. I don't enforce this. My preference as a GM is that I make perception rolls for people, but I don't enforce it because most players want to be able to roll them themselves. Mm-hmm. So I just. You didn't get you. You failed. Okay, it's this. Right. I would much. I would prefer if I ro- let's say I'm I'm rolling Jib's perception roll for his character. Oh, it's a critical failure. No, that guy's a big a big fat guy. You're, you're pretty I sure as a player a would be guy. fine with that, right? But not every player would be. No, no, that's that's why I um, don't push it. To be mm-hmm. fair, in your style of games these days, and and I like this. Maybe maybe you're not aware of it. Is that perception is sort of a, a fluid thing, and until a player says, "Can I roll perception?" Then you say, "Sure." 
And then when some player rolls perception, then you you either say no, you didn't notice it, or 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 you give more details. But for the most part, you just tell people what is important until somebody says, "I want to roll perception." That I think that that's a really great way to play it because you now you're just giving them stuff that they think that that you want them to know, mm-hmm. right? And you're giving them the bare bones stuff, and then when somebody goes, "I want to look more off, closely," something's at that. off about him. Can I roll perception on him? Yes, you can. Right. That's your style. I don't know if you notice that. I have. It's a no. really wonderful way to play that because until somebody asks if they can check for it, just tell them stuff. Right. And then okay. once and then once they roll, then you can make that uh, you notice something or you didn't notice something. I agree. Sorry. Right. <laughs> Sounds right. fair. For a little bit there, you sounded like Emo Phillips. Did I? Oh, yeah. this, is, I mean, this is an Emo Phillips. <laughs> it's been a really long day. I think you had a burp that mm. wasn't out. <laughs> All right. Did we beat this enough? Or I, I think okay. it's blue. I, I kind of think... It's very difficult to, to walk that... When you're doing mysteries, it's really difficult to walk that line. And you're going to want to either fall over completely... Obscure or fall over completely obvious with the clues you're giving. And the only thing I can think to do is if you have a character who is someone that they're not supposed to be, sit down beforehand and come up with like three or four little slip ups that that character might do. And if the players are like completely oblivious and not suspecting the guy at all, maybe give them the first one and say, Oh yeah, about towels or something. Yeah, something like like the the fat the, the guy in the fat suit. You you notice like like when he moves his arm, you see like some sort of strap underneath his kimono or something, mm-hmm. or just the way he moves. Right, or he just, doesn't move like a like a, a big man. Or maybe the maybe that's the first thing. He he seems to move uh, with more grace than you expect. And maybe the yeah. se- maybe if they're not quite getting it, maybe the second thing is you notice like a strap or something that mm-hmm. you know, some sort of harness or something. Or, yeah. And maybe the third thing is, you know, you actually see him, like, when he doesn't think anyone's watching, move very swiftly or something. Yeah. Yeah. And but but if you can come up with two, you know, like two or three things that where that where that person might slip up and mm-hmm. and and give up who they actually are or give up their facade, that having having that stuff and and like. Bullet pointing them and putting them in an order, and yeah. saying least obvious to most obvious. Yeah, and that way you're you're giving the players at least an opportunity to to at least notice there's something amiss. Then if one of the players says something's wrong with this guy, I'm going to watch him like a hawk. I'm going to look more closely. Yeah. Okay. Make a, Put make some a perception roll. Yeah. Now you can say there's definitely something not right about this guy. Right. right. You don't have to tell them what it is. Mm-hmm. Right. But you can tell them your your suspicions. You are definitely suspicious of this guy. Something is not right. Yeah. And I guarantee you what's going to happen and that's is... that's fair. Your players mm-hmm. are going to ignore that and end up latching onto the waitress <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Right. And now you're going to have to come up with stuff for the waitress that you never have planned. And then you're going to have to shoot a bear. Right. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. And all that. Oh. Oh, you took my fan down. Yeah. That was my That was my foreboding. My See, I've got one here, too. Oh, that one's good. I like that one. <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> this one, it it wasn't showing all the way, so it looked like a light was like sticking. Oh, down. really? Okay. It looked like I didn't do a good it, job of our set. It threw off the symmetry. Yeah. <gasps> I'm so excited. I have my I got my fan I out. Ha- I want some. I have to put. I have a special kimono to wear for. Our I'm gonna get the skull a, a, a hat with the the moon 
crescent yeah. moon nice. thing. So you said for you make I, we, I just want to see you flirt with Dave. Again. Is That's it. I will flirt with Dave. I'm going to flirt the shit out of Dave. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't play anything this week. Um, not this week. I'm gonna let Kimmy go first because she played more recently than I did. I did. I played Dead Rain. I I did, did not, not GM die. Dead Rain. No, you didn't. You were having I had plumbing house, issues. I had house. Problems. It was real plumbing issues. It wasn't like plumbing issues. It was like house plumbing issues. What happened? Uh, main the my sewer main. Yeah. I had to have it. The main. I had to have it routed. Uh, well, it turns out I have a washout. Everyone would love to know that I have a washout for my sewer main. Um, where, where was it? It's on the side of the house. Not what that means. You found it. Uh, well, I found it when there was a bunch of water running down the street. It's a pipe leaking. Yeah. No, it was a plug. It was it's plug. the plug. plug, it's the plug that you get. The to. sewer main is a, is a big like six inch yeah. pipe that goes out to the city, and mm. it was clogged. I don't know what my kids put down the toilet to clog it, but it must have been epic. They're kind of old, old for that. My children? Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes it's just cumulative. It yeah. could be right, but they yeah they they routed it and that, that fixed birds. it. But that's that's after I had another plumber come because uh, the toilet was the thing that was the problem. Mm. And then I really enjoyed that dead rain session. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, no no no, I was you know bringing it back around. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Because um, it, it was we we've, we've finally re- in the last episode or two gotten to see the. Conflict that we've been wanting since the beginning, and that was the detonation between <laughs> Jolene and Ruby. Oh, the sisters, yeah, the yeah. sister fight. Yeah, and, and when that, and we've been, you know, all of us have been watching. We're going, come on, come on, come on. Yeah. Oh, they didn't do it. Yeah, <laughs> you guys barely stand each other as it is. I mean, it was. Um, yeah, finally came to a head. Third, session. it was, it was real. There was there were real feels mm-hmm. and and real emotion, and um. I was the the moment that I was actually kind of waiting for because Rob kept like would like nudge his way in there. I just kept waiting for Jolene to backhand him. Yeah, it's like this is between Ruby and me. Stay out of it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like in real life. He says the wrong thing at the wrong time to the <laughs> wrong person. Where did but, you guys end up? At the end of the last, I'm not going to say you can. Ask, we'll listen to the end of it just because there's spoilers. I'm just curious because we've been having a hard time prepping because yeah. you guys never know where you're going to go at the end of the right. session. Yeah. Well, and Ruby <laughs> won't let us run away from anything. So things that we but, should logically but, run away from. It makes sense that she doesn't want to run away. Yeah. I'm not saying it doesn't make sense for her character, but I'm saying situations where probably we should just get GTFO. Like we're like, oh we're no, like, we'll no, find no. things. I have zombies to kill. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. So it's like okay, and we're getting better at it. But we're still. We're I'm, I'm digging still, it. Yeah. I'm digging it. I like no, it. it's super fun. It's it's a really fun. We're game. probably figuring one more session. Uh, yes, it will not be this week. This weekend. There's what? nothing this weekend. Nothing this weekend. We canceled um, Moat on Sunday. I think Moat might be going next weekend, the 19th, um, and then the last Dead Rain will be after that. Okay. Okay. And and Moat's got three more sessions, I think. Total. We might right. add one, yeah? Is that with the addition? I don't know if we need to add. Well, well we we'll look at it. We had 37. I'm planning on finishing on the 40th. Oh, I see. Cool. So if we, three, if we get nice round number. In. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, we missed I, our last session of Spaniard Ghost mm-hmm. because the Dodgers had to play a baseball game in town that night. And, uh, and that screwed up traffic. And that yeah, screwed up traffic every, everywhere. Yeah. I was, it, I'm sorry, I was, was not going to do three hours series. one way I mean, yeah. to get here. Yeah. And they didn't have the decency to win the and series. They didn't win. Um, but we are going to play All Wednesday. All that traffic for nothing. For yeah. nothing. I know. 
but we are going to play this coming Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will have a special surprise guest. St- guest. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Gary Gygax. And there are... Things. Guys, we're going to make you play Savage Worlds. I'm, go- I'm going to raise him from the dead and Spanish make him play Savage Worlds. That really is what we should do for Dead Rain. Is have the zombie of Gary Gygax and David Arneson. <laughs> you don't know who's controlling those uh, those guys on the hill. Yeah, <gasps> that, would, that would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that would be hilarious. Yes. Uh, we also played uh, Tomorrow Legion this week, mm-hmm. um, and that went really well. It was a good session. Um, we finally. We, f- we finally oh my God, Well I guess we're not supposed to do spoilers sorry. We did the thing that we've been looking for We haven't done it yet but we got to the place to do the thing Excellent We got to the place and did the MacGuffin yeah. uh, And I watched uh, um, um, Oh you were very helpful in that by the way Much of Razor Excellent. Ridge And Razor Ridge looks like it's uh, exciting yeah, and fun yeah. Cool things happening yeah. yep. and The weird thing yeah. about werewolf because you, you expect it just sort of be werewolves attacking each other, but they can just have this whole like side slipping thing where they can like walk in between dreams, and so there's like a whole other world they get to do. And I'm like, God, werewolves are kind of mystical and kind of oh yeah, kind of like yeah. they're less than just these bloodthirsty animals, which you kind of just want them to be. Right, they're really much more of a uh, shadow walker. But there's of, there's more depth to it than that. But there's one thing about werewolf that that I just, my brain doesn't connect with. Okay, mm-hmm. one of the main parts of the litany, which is the the govern the governing laws of being a werewolf, is you're not supposed to have sex with other werewolves. Right. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like in werewolf form, or no, no, at all, at all, <coughs> um, because they, they make they make bad werewolves. The, oh, that's, that's the idea. Right. Is it makes oh, bad yeah. werewolves. I can't remember but, what they're called. There's a name for them. It just kind of because <laughs> part of being a werewolf is is embracing the animal. Isn't it only and, for bred were- born werewolves? Like two born well, werewolves can't have sex. That's the only kind of no. werewolves there are. Is born okay, yeah, the, but in their in their thing. Oh. But it, that's it. It's it's just a the one. It's the one thing about the game that mm-hmm. just jangles in my brain somehow. Because it seems like that would be the most natural thing about being a werewolf yeah. is well, they, know, they, they, embracing they, the animal part. They, they produce mules. Right. I I I get that. That's what the the the. Fiction of the game says it does seem kind of weird. It just that that one thing seems a little off to me about the game, right? Which I kind of forgot in the in the, in the would not stop sin. me from playing. I forgot that in the Moda Sin game because all the people were werewolves. Yeah, the, the men and the women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, um, they're all using birth control. I see. <laughs> right? Yeah. That seems like it would be I a just, thing. Like yeah. I said, totally would not stop me from playing. And Werewolf is one of the games that I seriously want to play. I haven't gotten to. Yeah, but it's just the one thing about the game that I kind of go, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Flashbacks from Axel. Who wants to read? Oh, I can do it. Do the Hello. thing. Hello, Storks Do. Good discussion on flashbacks, time travel topic. Here are my commandments for flashbacks, time travel, and the like. One, don't make it essential for success. This means let the characters have fun exploring the other world, time, dimension, whatever, but do not make what they do there essential to the main game. It's okay to let them find items and knowledge that make their main characters' lives easier, but not succeeding on that on the side setting should not totally screw up the main game. It's a side setting, or two. Number two, two-ish. It's a side setting. The main game is the main game. In other words, the main game still takes the majority of game time. The main characters are important ones. The alternate episodes are concise. Otherwise, things spiral out of control and make things frustrating for everyone. I feel like he wrote this email just for you to read. Three. 
Make it clear. Why do you say that? Just because there's so many. Because like, it says hello, storks do. Yeah. Make it clear that the connections. Or make it clear what the connections are. Don't let the settings meander side by side. Let players understand what does that. Limiting player agency and adding a little bit of railroading in the alternate scenarios is fine. Remember, they are spice to your main game to be used sparingly. Unless so, it's Indian food. Woo. So my point is. Keep the focus on the main game. While adding different settings may be fun at first, things get confusing and out of hand very quickly. Part the second, an alternative setting. The Night Island I've used in various games, so I thought that others might like it too. Why are you writing furiously? I'm making notes. Making notes. Oh my yeah. god. He really, He's okay. very dedicated. <laughs> the characters settle in for a nice rest in he the main game. He wants to get game. a C plus. <laughs> He's not settling for a C minus. <laughs> After falling asleep, they find themselves waking up on an island beach, naked, in the middle of the night. Should I just play some porn music? The water appears black. There's no waves. And a little warm wind. The stars are strange constellations. No moon. Otherworldly and strange. The island mainly is a thick, thorny brambles that create paths the players can follow. On the island, they will encounter all kinds of shadowy creatures, battle shapeless horrors, maybe find an abandoned or inhabited tower. So they'll have to piece together some kind of solution to complete the island. Sure. The island should be scary, <laughs> mystical, <laughs> different from main game, but interesting enough to make the players want to explore it. It's lost. Okay, wait, wait. I have to interrupt you because I'm not sure whether to be aroused or creeped out now. <laughs> okay, you should be creeped out. Yeah. Okay. I'm just wandering about wandering around naked with a bunch of brambles. Right? <laughs> I'm not leaving that. Ow! Stand on the beach. I'm standing. Yeah, I'm standing on the shore. I'm going beach. back to bed until I wake back up and I'm off that beach. Yeah. Screw this. Okay. So four things make it interesting and connect the game. Connect to the main game. One, any injuries they sustain, any injuries they sustain in their dreams carry over to the main game. Also, a night with an island dream does not count as a full night's rest in the main game. This makes Ooh. characters dread falling asleep, since they never know when they'll reappear on that island again. The characters enter the island at random intervals, or whenever the GM needs it, they will be in the same location where they were the last dream ended. Whenever the GM needs it? Why would they need to... It's for... This is for, like... It's for GM fiat. Yeah. Whenever right. the GM just wants to. Had to take him to the island. All right. Yeah, he wants them naked and wandering around through thorns. Wish Rambles. The, wish them in the <laughs> cornfield. Uh, two, the characters retain most of their skills, GM discretion, to what extent supernatural powers work, but no equipment, no weapons, etc. can be found on the island. However, the characters will, over time, discover that they can dream pieces of equipment. The dreaming skill is to be used in dream only. Let the characters create simple clubs first and then pointed sticks. You get the idea. Three, there is no escape. Characters will fall asleep in the main game to wake up in the island where, uh, whether they like it or not. Characters on the island can't leave, nor can they stay in the same place for a long period of time. Monsters will emerge from the brushes or from the bushes and chase them. So you can't stay on the beach, like we thought. Damn it! Yep. What a swim. The solution of the island quest coincides with a major milestone. Wait a minute. What's the name of that series that what's his name did? Lost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gilligan's Island. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're all dead. <laughs> yeah. So four. The solution. Yeah, that's the that's the metagame of Gilligan's Island. Is they're all dead. 
the solution of the island quest coincides with a major milestone in the main game. Things come together, dimensions merge, when they, quote, solve the island. They should gain a major advantage in final quest battle resolution of the main game storyline. If they fail on the island, things are a little harder in the main game, but not impossible. For example, they can find a magic MacGuffin on the island that they can use in the main game, and on their final waking up of dream, actually have it in their hands. The island setting can be as big or small as needed and drawn out over as many episodes as GMs and players find interesting. It works best if the episodes happen randomly. Keep up the outstanding work. Outstanding. Okay. Obviously, because I was making notes, I have thoughts. Yes. Um, So, okay, first off, um, if... Uh, on one of his points is don't make it essential for success. This means let the characters have fun. But um, I said, my note here is, but feel free to fuck with them if they step on a moth. Yes. Um, if they, you know, because if they do things here, make it count. Yes. Um, he does say that. Yeah. My uh, so my next note was. Um, he says, keep the focus on the main game while adding different settings may be fun at first. Things get confusing and out of hand very quickly. Um, yeah, time travel. Yeah. That's just the nature of, of time travel. Um, but my the main thing I wanted to kind of get to was um, the four things that make it interesting connect to the main game. Um, if things like injuries they sustain in the dream carry over to the main game and... Um, and then things that they do in the dream world have ramifications. Um, it, but that disconnects with, he made the statement that things in the dream world don't ha- ha- affect the real world. Um, and I think you should make things in the dream world affect the real world if you're going to do that. Um, and make, think of it like in Stranger, in Stranger Things. The upside down. The dream world is the upside down. Where things can happen and things matter, but it's all screwed up and weird. Mm -hmm. But GM, it's your job to keep that moving in the right, you know, moving and flowing. And dealing with what comes up and how to make that all weave together. You, because you chose to do a time travel and alternate world story, which yes. never should. Which I don't think you should do. <laughs> but you know, that's they're hard. I thought you pulled it off really well in the vampire game. That was very restricted. Yeah. Well, but it, that's yeah. but that that doesn't that doesn't negate the point that you pulled it off really well. And maybe by having those parameters, that's a great way to make that stuff work. Yeah, that was very that was very specific because a it was different characters. Yes, mm-hmm. it wasn't the main characters. That was huge. And yeah, and basically what had happened for those who haven't who haven't seen that, what had happened is someone had cheated and used time because they're not the mages aren't supposed to do that, right? One, none of the none of the char- none of the players had cheated. A person in the world, an NPC had cheated. Yes. Uh, and basically had gone back and grabbed a dead NPC and put him in the present. But went back when before he had been killed and basically Yanked him brought him. Mm-hmm. Um, so that NPC is wreaking havoc. The main par- party is off getting ready to go fight or have, has just fought or is in the process of fighting. And... The um, 
the the players made new characters, and they basically replayed a day in the in the main game. So they started twenty four hours prior to when the uh, previous game had happened, mm-hmm. and they were going to play that day out while the regular players were off doing something else. And the restrictions are that they're in the same world. The players know much of what the other players already did because some of them actually played those mm-hmm. characters. Yeah. Uh, and they only had 24 hours in which to do stuff. But it doesn't negate the fact that it was really well pulled off and really well done. And it was a time travel game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and, and the repercussions of that little moment are trickling through the game currently. Right. It's, yeah. it, was, it was really well pulled off. I, I think that that's the kind of thing that if you're going to do flashbacks, you're going to do time travel. Restrictions are fine. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Let you them, have to. This, Necessary. This, this kind of open island, open-ended island thing might be a little dangerous if they're spending days and days and days. Yeah. It depends how it depends how it fits yeah, in it with everything. Depends the type else. of game you're doing. Yeah. 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 It yeah. totally depends how it fits in with everything else. I mean, it could be sort of like a dream world kind of thing <laughs> mm-hmm. that is just an alternate reality. That's. A, I mean that. The, the safest way to run a, a, a time travel game is to, like GURPS Infinite Worlds, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where where and that is the 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 infinite worlds theory that right. there are alternate universes where time is moving at a slightly different pace. Mm-hmm. So you're not actually traveling through time; you're skipping dimensions. Yeah, yeah. you're not going to so create paradoxes every time you, you go. You can't create paradoxes because they're all different timelines. Yeah. So you skip from. You know, uh, right. reality prime to reality two, and it's fifty years earlier. Yeah. So you will you have the advantage of knowing what th- things happened fifty years ago. Mm-hmm. So your characters have that awesome advantage and can go and tweak things and do whatever they want to do. Yeah. I would go with they might know what happened fifty years well, yeah, ago. It, depen- it depends. They know how what happened fifty years ago in their, their timeline. Time. It depends how alternate the timeline right. is. Yeah. Sure. But you know, if you. If you jump between timelines and then you you change something, you've changed it there, but, but not twelve monkeys pulls out anywhere else. Well. But your timeline's fine. Mm-hmm. Your timeline's right. tootling along doing the same thing, right? Except that for the last you know twenty four hours, you've been non-existent in well, your timeline. Right. Twelve twelve monkeys pulls that off. It does really well. But that's it also is. a written show, right? Yeah. It doesn't have player, player characters. characters. You know, imagine yeah, how how well yeah. how how well that yeah. show would do if I mean, all of the all of the yeah. actors got to improv. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard enough to do that when you're just writing a story, right? Sure, and yeah. keep everything you know straight. When is the next season of Twelve Monkeys coming out? By the way, uh, I don't know. Is that a Netflix show? Yeah. Is it Netflix yeah. or is it mm, Hulu? Might be Hulu. I don't know. Sorry. I don't remember now. If only we had a way to look these things up. Oh well. If I had a computer I could hold in my hand and <laughs> and look these things up. But I mean I, I, I like experiments like this. I think it's a fun thing to do. I, and and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. Yeah. And if they if they work, share them and if they don't. I think these are wonderful fun ideas. I just think there are I, I think if I was gonna do it. Things that happen in the dream world really impact the real world too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I um, kind of like he alluded to, where the if they take damage in the dream world, they um, they they, t- they, they take over. they carry they have those wounds when they wake up. Yeah, um, I think that that's a cool thing. Anyway. That should just happen. I I, I agree. Um, and or it's translated as a different kind of damage. Yeah, or something like that. yeah, psychic damage. I, or you know, like you you take a sword wound. Or you get bitten by a monster in, in the dream world, and you wake up the next morning and you don't have the wound. 
but you have Scar. Yeah, right. that's cool. You know, where it's it becomes a narratively relevant thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, someone else has the scar. Mm. <laughs> which, which, Whoa! Which could be even more fun, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you still—it's still on the on the GM to keep those things woven together. Yeah. It's always going to be the GM's problem to right. do that. And th- I mean, that's a, the, 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 I think the last the last email kind of t- talks about uh, the similar things. Let's go on to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Kimmy, you want to read? Yes, it's my turn. I will read. All oh, right. It's very yeah. short. <laughs> it's very long. <laughs> I win the podcast tonight. Okay. <laughs> Quick time travel suggestions from Lewis. Julian's email. A solution that won't be too meta. When the characters go to sleep, they become active writers in the minds of past characters. For them to affect the past in that dream state, they have to successfully make will checks. So see what was written in the cave, for instance. So to see what was written in the cave, for instance. Lewis. <laughs> I dig it. I See, dig I, it. I like this because they're more passive. Yeah, right. And they they don't they don't have the ability to throw wrenches, but they can still glean information. They yes. can glean information. They could maybe nudge something. Yeah, but they can't act directly. Mm-hmm. I kind of I kind of dig that. That's something I was trying to say earlier, which is like it really depends on the type of game or, or what you're trying to give your players. I mean, you can you can give them a MacGuffin that falls from dream time into their hands. The, you know, a holy sword or whatever to that alters reality, or you can just give them information. It really depends on what it is you're trying to accomplish with this time travel yes. flashback thing. Uh, Stu, Stu is doing a lot by actually affecting the plot with the characters going back in time and affecting things, but it doesn't have to be that complicated. It could just be information. Yeah. You could have them play an episode where they learn about their character, about their character's parents, uh, and they're they're messed up, you know, Relationship mm-hmm. or whatever it is, and then that can affect the players later on, or, or now they've learned a bit of history that was that was obscured. It really is dependent on what it is you're trying to share with your characters and what it is you're trying to do. Yeah, I think that time travel can be really slippery if you think <coughs> it's if you say to yourself, "This is going to be fun. We're just going to have you guys go back in time and do stuff, and then we'll po- flash forward and then see what happens." Mm-hmm. That's when you're going to bone your your players and your game, and you're going to find yourself regretting you ever made that decision. Like the 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 time travel I did in the D and D game, where Bruce went, oh, "Yeah, I've figured out a way I can communicate with this guy." That's yes. right. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty epic, though. That. that was yes. pretty amazing. Your mistake was doing a time travel game with Bruce, with Bruce, Bruce. at the table. <laughs> yes, love you, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, he, that was a that was yeah. Because ba- basically, what had happened is there was a a, a a series of magical boxes that were that was used by a king and yeah. someone else, and they could write a note and put it in the box, and it would transport to the other box. Yeah, and <laughs> Bruce had one of the two boxes. In his pouch, and they w- used a, one of the little mirror orbs because they had this thing where you could transport from different places using orbs in these special mirrors. <coughs> and they had one that was kind of screwed up and fucked up, and it actually took you through time rather than space. So they went back in time. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, getting over bronchitis. Um, uh, through time that, rather orbs, than space. 10,000 years earlier or yeah. something. It was a long ass time. And they went back in time and they were basically were there kind of as ghosts. 
they could see everything that was going on, and this is how I had planned it. Mm-hmm. They could see everything that was going on, but they couldn't affect anything. They couldn't talk. No one could see them. They couldn't manipulate anything at all. <coughs> but Bruce had the box, and he saw the other box sitting on the table next to the Emperor, and he's like, huh, I'm going to try this. And Didn't he steal it from them? No, no, he no, had the okay. no. He had he had one already. He had okay. he had the other box. You guys had found the other box somewhere That's right. else. Okay, he'd stolen it, but in our time, he wrote a yeah. note and he put it in the box. And I'm like, well, yeah, that would it. It's here. It's that. Yeah, it would appear. It would appear in this box. And then they get back to your normal timeline, and of course, the whole world has taken a big giant shit. Yeah. So yeah, as it should. As it, it should. Yeah. 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 That was because fun though. Messing with time is. Is dangerous. Is dangerous. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> as a side note, something that might be kind of cool too, if if you actually do a, do a time travel thing, and I'm thinking back on um, that really early Star Trek episode, Mirror Mirror, mm-hmm. where they go back into it's not necessarily time; it's alternate dimensions, alternate alternate versions of themselves. Right. But w- what's kind of neat, and I'd forgotten about it, but BBC has re- has redone all of those Star Treks, and they play them now and again, and they're all remastered, and they're actually kind of neat. They actually have new effects. Anyway. I'd forgotten that when Kirk comes back from being evil Kirk and he, you know, comes back to the Enterprise, the person that was in charge, that was his lover... Did he have a goatee? <coughs> that no. was Spock. Oh, Spock had a Spock goatee. didn't change that much, but he still had the goatee and it was really, truly awesome. But, but the person that was his lover, that was... Because uh, he was a manic Kirk back in... Back in the, anyway. Was it Yeoman she, Rand? He, yeah, no, he runs into her and she's just a, a lowly sort of ensign or whatever, but she's actually still... In his world, you know, she like hands him a clipboard and he signs it. And does that was that wasn't Yeoman Rand? It wasn't yeah. Yeoman Rand. It oh, was somebody it. else. Okay. But the point being that you can have the people that were in the past, if they come to the future, still be there, but they're not the same as influential anymore. Right. Which might be a really neat little like tickle. It's like, oh yeah, the the person that was the big bad is now handing you the clipboard, and they just the, because the way this timeline has worked out, they haven't gotten those opportunities or elevated. Up to where they were. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a fun thing to make to harken back. Uh, depending, it really depends on how you're making your time travel game work and what it is you want to get out of it. Yeah, I just that's something that crossed my mind. I'm like, because I don't see that very often. You see people travel through time. They affect time. They come back. It's different. You don't see them go back, do stuff, come back, and then run in, possibly run into things that that weren't affected. Right. Mm-hmm. Everything got recorrected. I don't know. Carrie, no, no. <laughs> it's dangerous. I've just, I've just Proceed derailed the whole conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Let me Am I making sense tonight? Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, of course. Spe- speaking of making sense, uh, I watched uh, True Stories, which is one of my favorite films. Hmm. Don't know True Stories. You don't know True Stories. True Stories. Yes, but vaguely. Oh, Robert Altman. No. David Byrne. Yeah, true stories. Okay, yeah, yeah. John Goodman, very a very young John Goodman, Spalding Gray. Yep, yep. I love that movie. I, made, I had Allie watching it, and Allie's like, "This is stupid. It doesn't make any sense. It's awful." No, don't turn it off. Because <laughs> it's a very charming little love it is. story. Yeah. It is, and and it's John Goodman at the height of his power. I think. He's oh, he was awesome. charming and wonderful, and and just you know. Bright-eyed. He's I'm great. six foot three inches and maintain a consistent panda bear shape. He was looking for a wife. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a it's a very heartwarming film, yeah. especially at the very end, because I, I at the right before the closing credits, um, 
David Byrne says, I hope I've been able to help you forget. Because whenever you go to a brand new place, everything looks different and everything is interesting. And it it's nice when we can forget where we're from and get to see it as if it was the first time we've been there. Aww. Which I thought was like a really cool sentiment. For yeah. David Byrne's not always the most optimistic person too, but he's but he is always amazed. He is. He is. He always has a sense of wonder in oh, everything yes, he that does. he does, and I love that. Aww, that's... That's Isn't nice. it? It's awesome. I like that. It was the best part. Of in one of the album covers, there's like oh, there, there's there like is another email I want to read. Okay, uh, because uh, this that we're, we're observing Time's Veterans Day. Oh yes, yes. <coughs> today. Uh, today, right fact, now, even. Uh, Leatherneck here again. Uh, this time I have a shorter and not complainy email. Okay. I thought it would share a gaming story from my active service days. Yes. Absolutely. In 1982, old man, I was stationed in Okinawa. Uh, for a year and got some serious gaming in. The AD&D group was four jarheads and a corpsman. Doc had the keys to the BMC. Base Medical Center. Okay. Uh, That's why. Providing us us with an off-duty gaming area that provided a couple of benefits. The building was air-conditioned. I was going to say, it had AC. (laughs) (laughs) Probably the only building that did. Right. And refrigerators with food. And we had access to the Chief's Korean War era coffee percolator. Or coffee. Is that good? Yeah. The Korean War era percolator is the best? It worked, it worked regardless. Okay. No French press? You No. no. <laughs> and you, could, you could put mud and iodine in it and come out with coffee. Oh, good. Okay. All right. Nice. Uh, for several months, we played marathon sessions of AD&D like teenage boys, sometimes hungover, uh, a, a condition I don't remember gaming when I was an actual teenage boy. Uh, eventually, we were sent to Japan and Camp Fuji. On the slope of Mount Fuji, between operations, we made time in the evenings to game. Because two of the players were NCOs, uh, a sergeant and a petty officer, we gamed in the NCO tent. The table was a canvas cot with us sitting on the floor around it. My plot involved finding and ending the threat of a demon that had caused problems for the players for a while. They tracked him down to a cavern uh, for the climactic battle of the four PCs versus the big demon and his medium-sized dragon companion. The (laughs) battle was taking longer than I intended, and their victory was not certain. I had lost track of time and didn't realize Lights Out was approaching. Mid-attack rolls, we were plunged into darkness as his generators were shut down. I was about to gather up my materials and leave NCO land when spectators intervened. Some non-rates had joined us to watch along with a couple of other NCOs. Uh, When the spectators supplying light with flashlights and zippos, we finished the battle. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> they were like, well, we want to know what happens. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. It, and who says RPGs aren't our spectators? Right. Right. Uh, it took uh, about 10 more minutes, and the players won the day. How could they not when they had so, such moral support? Aww. Uh, P.S. Shout out to Lance Corporal Menard, who got me playing RuneQuest in the Glorantha setting. Dude, when I get home, I, I GM the hell out of that game. Thanks. P.P.S. Take a drink. You deserve it. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for service. So, thank, yes, you. thank you. Two things. Much. First off, Leatherneck, Semper Fi. Semper Fi. And second off, hoorah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I don't know what it I is. I got that a couple days ago. I don't it know what really it is about, about Arms Forces and role-playing games. I was astonished when we got our first emails way back when we first started yeah. with this. Mm-hmm. And then you started the whole care package and stuff. And I'm like, why? I mean, when I was a kid, the people that were in the... And the army never played role playing games. I did, I, and it seems like that's a really, really big thing. They did, but yeah. I didn't know it. Yeah, they did. 
They did. Yeah. Hannah ran a shadow run for her shipmates. That's awesome. Oh, that's I love awesome. that. Well, yeah. they're stuck on a in a. I, I don't know, I'm not going to out to Hannah, but yeah, they're, they're, they don't have any many places to go. So they were in the Sea of Japan for months on end. Months yeah. on end. It's not even a big sea. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a big damn boat. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we should do another care package. Yeah. yeah. Do we, if we have any active uh, uh, service personnel out there who are somewhere far away and you want a care package, we can put one together for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Let totally us know. We'll do that again. Yeah. So how, should actually, they, how should they send an email? Send an email yeah. to me. Happyjacksrpg.gmail.com. At, at gmail.com. Yes. So we'll, we'll come up with something for you. Absolutely. Our last you. one would cost you a lot of money, but I, we did get some emails back saying thank you. And well, the nice, the nice, the nice thing about sending whether the APOs and FPOs, mm-hmm. those are, it's just like normal, normal mail. Yeah. 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 It doesn't call. It's not like sending something to Europe or something yeah. like that because it, it it has normal. U.S. mail rates. Yeah. Which, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Much better. <laughs> <laughs> Much better. Much more better. Especially yeah. considering the volume of stuff. And the weight. The yes, weight, yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was like, yeah. Yeah. That's how, and that's how, like, our international emails started, I think. Yes. Is, like, our first ones from Japan and faraway places, a lot of them were people on active duty in mm-hmm. different places. Yep. yep. And then we started, you know, getting people who really lived in those countries yeah. and weren't just there for the Army and Navy and right. Marines and all the other things. I, I, I find it really heartening that our armed forces are playing role-playing games. I, That's I, awesome. I think the world will be a better place now. Yep. It does my heart good Yeah, to know that that, that is st- out there and being shared across continents. Yep. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. All right. So happy Veterans Day to happy everyone who is yes. currently serving and everyone who has served uh, our country. And, and thank you. Thank yeah, you. Thank thank absolutely. Thank you. From everyone here at Happy Jacks, we give you... We are you're, uh, an A plus from the C minus crew, <laughs> <laughs> and a fan waggle. Yeah, <laughs> Stu is flirting with you with his I'm eyes. Flirting with you with my eyes. <laughs> Unless you're a sailor, then I'm not. You know, they take that seriously. <laughs> All right, it's a big boat. We know, Han- <laughs> we know Hannah does. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, oh, I will end it. Okay. Um, don't forget, uh, check out our schedule at happyjacks.org slash schedule. You already ended it, didn't you? I accidentally hit the orgasm button. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's where it's... I'm on the wrong page. Yeah, you are on the wrong page. That's good. Damn it. <laughs> yes. So you that plug again. Yeah, yeah. Because moaning everyone it. was really distracted. <clears throat> um... So yes, uh, please check out our schedule at happyjacks.org slash schedule. See when our games are, see when we're streaming live. Also, you can preview and see what uh, podcasts are going to be coming up, both APs and regular. Um, We are going to be having some schedule variations in the next few weeks because we have a bunch of holidays coming up. Yeah. So. And just real life got in the way. Like, yeah. Mode of Sin has gotten postponed. Oh, I have to run a, mm-hmm. a Moment of Truth one-shot because Dave Kaze wants has to play in it. Yep. There's so that's got to happen. So we're going to have some one shots too. So be be aware of the schedule. We'll make announcements and stuff on social media. Um, and yeah, I think that's everything. Yeah, so. got to check. Why problem <laughs> make when you no problem have you don't want to make? Thank you for joining us for Season 20, Episode 13 of Happy Jack Charge Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I did not just forget and change to the calendar and move back. Prematurely? I didn't see anything. No. Um, and I'm Jim. Uh, Stork. And I totally saw her change to the calendar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Nothing to see here. It's magic. We're ahead. That's it. We'll leave you with a song at the end of this show. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. See you next week. Yes. See you guys. Bye, guys. Dungeons and Dragons. Hero can find the major savage Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.